Welcome to Conversations with Pastor Drew, a podcast for the members of Emmanuel Baptist Church so that we can get to know other members of Emmanuel Baptist Church. Each month I'll sit down with a member of EBC and talk to them about their spiritual life, about the church, and just other matters uh, that just show what interesting people we have here uh, belonging to our community. I hope you enjoy it. My guest today is Penny Horn. Penny and her husband Steve have been members here over a decade. Penny's been heavily involved in our church, both in the women's ministry, teaching Sunday school and various Bible studies. And she's also been involved in our financial affairs, being on the finance committee and for a while being our church's treasurer. Her husband Steve's a deacon uh, on the finance committee as well, and their background has really served our church in tremendous ways. Steve's also on the fellowship team, helping to get the meals together. And if Penny and Steve ever invite you over to their house for a meal, you never say no, you just go. So join us as we talk to Penny today and learn a little bit more about her and her trek through life and how God has shown himself faithful throughout. All right, Penny Horn. Thank you for joining us. I hope my chair will not be too squeaky and will not uh, be picked up uh, on this. here. Yes. So tell me um, a little about yourself, where you were born, where you grew up, uh, who your husband is, who your children are, where you've lived. Okay. Um, I was born in Hot Springs, Arkansas. Only child. I like to think not spoiled, but pretty sure I was. Um, in a Christian home. And um, I grew up in Hot Springs. I went to college at Washita Baptist University in Arkadelphia, Arkansas. And uh, Steve and I got married in 1970. This is our 50th year wow. together. And uh, he almost immediately he finished school. We went into the Army in 72. And he was in for 20 years. He didn't have an a normal army career in that we didn't move around that much. He spent his last nine years at the Pentagon. We spent over 20 years in DC. We have two children, Maggie and Corey. Corey um, has two children, Jacob and Claire. Can't believe it, Jacob is 21, Claire is 18, and they hang the moon. Mm -hmm. They're just wonderful, both of them, just such good kids. And um, I didn't go to work, and I stayed home with the kids, partially because we moved around some with Steve being in the Army. Um, after 17 years, when they were in high school, I went back to work um, because we were facing college. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I lost my way a little bit then. I got very, very career-oriented. That was way too important to me. But I had a good career, and I enjoyed it. And then what did you do? I was in numbers. I started out as a secretary to a controller and worked my way up to a region controller. And love numbers. Yes. Absolutely love them. And uh, retired, came down here about 12 years ago. And how long have you been a member of Emanuel? About 11 years. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Very good. And your love of numbers has really served our church because you... Uh, have a hand somewhat still in making sure all the numbers match up. And uh, we're very grateful for that. Thank but you. even more than numbers, I believe you love the Bible. 
Um, and you like to teach the Bible. I do. How, speaking of the scripture and about the Lord, how did your walk with the Lord begin and when? Uh, like I said, I grew up in a Christian home. Um, God called me and I was baptized when I was six years old. And I know that seems incredibly early, but um, that means for 66 years, I've been his child mm -hmm. and I have never doubted it. I've never spent one day doubting it. Um, of course, I've as I grew older, I became more aware of what I had been redeemed from, who I really was. But um, I've always just been very secure in my faith. Very good. Always. Yes. Um, and then you said at one point you felt like career took over a little bit. Yes. So it's there's been bumpy seasons. Absolutely. Um, so like throughout your life then 66 years um how would you say your faith has increased and decreased what what's caused you to grow those sorts of things okay um you know what i can remember being like four years old and praying to my father i can remember being in high school vivid memory lying in bed in front of an open window with a cold wind blowing in after a football game and praying to that same father um i can remember shaking my fist in anger at that father if you can imagine one of those crazy graphs where you have a straight line and then you have this crazy line that goes way up comes way down goes that straight line is my father. Mm -hmm. Always, always. He, he's always been the same for me. I've been a mess yeah. a lot of the times. And um, I've been close to him a lot of the times. Um, what's grown my faith? Uh, the word. It's just the word. It's yep. It's interesting you say that. I mean, my kids, they don't always like what I ask them to do, what I tell them to do. Mm -hmm. I imagine at various points they've probably wanted to shake their fist at me, but it's always been shaking their fist at Dad. Mm -hmm. And so in that sense, yeah. even when you were shaking your fist at him, it was Father. Yes. Yeah, for 66 years. That's amazing. And you say the Word mm -hmm. has helped you grow. That makes yes. sense. Uh, the Bible tells us that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of Christ. Mm -hmm. Um how significant has teaching the Bible been in your growth and understanding the Scripture? I could spend an hour talking about this myself, but for you. Yeah. Um, well, first of all, God has let me know very seriously a couple times that this is a huge responsibility. Mm -hmm. And so if I'm going to teach it, I better be in it. Yeah. And so I spend a lot of time in the Word preparing lessons. So my, my faith has increased through that, but mostly it's increased from just the sheer fact that, honestly, every time I sit down to do a lesson, I'm a little bit nervous because I know I bring nothing to the table, mm -hmm. nothing. And, and he has been, he has not let me down once. It, it, 10 years I've been doing it. Yep. Every single lesson, he has shown up 
given me knowledge or, or resources to find that knowledge, given me illustrations to use, just helped me pull the thing together. And how, how could my faith not increase after that? Yeah. You don't ever take it for granted, but you're just always so grateful. Right. And there's a, you know there's a safety net. Right. Yeah. That. I, it's like that guy in the New Testament that says, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. Oh, yeah. Every time I sit down, I'm not believing. And yet he does. Yep. He does. It's interesting. I never want really to get a tattoo, but if I wanted to get one, I was going to put that on the inside of my arm. I believe, help my unbelief. Yeah. Um, you see this ring, this yes. little crown? I was going to get it right there. Oh, yeah. Because I'm a child of the king. Well, see, we're a lot alike. Then I chickened now. out. No, yeah, well, I would chicken out, too, I think. Um, so God is faithful to you in helping you on a week in and week out basis, just like me. Every, every time I go to prepare a sermon, it's daunting. Mm-hmm. It's every time it's daunting. Yeah. I, I'm not, I don't lack faith that it'll come into being. Mm-hmm. I know the Lord is going to provide, but it, you're looking at something that requires thought and study. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's increased your faith. Um, along with his faithfulness to give you lessons and show you the truth of the scripture and give you all those things, how else in, in your life over the course of your life has God really shown himself to be faithful to you? Um, you know, it's funny. That is easier for me on this end of my life mm-hmm. because I can look back now and just see over the years how his hand has been just guiding me all the way through. But there have been times, I remember one time in particular, um, we wanted, we were, we were stationed in Hawaii and about to, mo- to move into a house that we wanted to rent. And we didn't know for sure if that house was gonna be available. Mm-hmm. And so I prayed about it. And as it happened, it was, and we got that house. But I remember praying, and it was very hard for me to let go and say, okay, God, if this is not the house you want us to be in, please don't let it be available. Mm-hmm. His his faithfulness has just been amazing in terms of prayers answered. Yes. Just amazing. Um, I remember one time, I Corey was in preschool and Maggie was an infant. And Corey was just starting preschool. And um, so I went to the church office. He was going to school at our, our church. And I got a list of everybody in his class. And I sat down and I called every single mom mm-hmm. because I was trying to set up a carpool because I just couldn't manage both rides. Nothing panned out. And I re- it's amazing how I do this so many times. Finally, the answer occurred to me, and I prayed, and I said, God, I can't do this. You're just going to have to take care of it. And within 15 minutes, my phone rang, and this woman said, I just put my child into preschool at your church, and I need to find somebody who will set up a carpool with me. Yep. And, and he's done that. That's that's only one time. He's and, and, and all of those prayers haven't been miraculous. Of course not. But over the years, I have looked back and seen those kind of examples. When I think about my own life, 
um, there's been a lot of prayers that I've prayed halfway mm-hmm. that are unanswered. Mm-hmm. But I, I can't say that God hasn't answered when I've actually prayed. Mm-hmm. You know, just that there's a little bit of desperation. I really need to see your hands. It's something I genuinely care about. Mm-hmm. The Lord just is faithful to answer those things. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, he's demonstrated his faithfulness to you. Um, when you think about God's faithfulness or just the Lord in general as your father, what are some Bible verses that come to mind? And what's your favorite Bible verse if you have one? I do. Mm-hmm. It's Isaiah 26, 3. Yep. You will keep in perfect peace him who is steadfast because he trusts in you. Yep. That one I didn't discover. I, I'm sure I had read over it. I didn't discover it, though, until I was mentoring a woman. I was in my 50s, and I came across that verse, and she was going through a lot, and I, and I remember taking it to her and saying, I found your verse. But the funny thing was, it turned out to be my verse. I have just relied on it so heavily. Mm-hmm. Um, I love creating a yeah, clean heart, oh God, and renew a right spirit within me mm. because I use it all the time. Yeah. Um, and of course, uh, God. <laughs> you can edit this, right? Yeah. <laughs> okay. I don't know that I want to, but I can, yes. Um, he works, all things work together. Yeah, Romans 8. Did, yes. Very good. We love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. And that one is another one that I have not really, I've always said it, I've always thought I believed it, but I had to get to be almost my age in my late 60s before I could honestly say that every single little thing, no matter even if it's an irritation, is for my good and his glory. Mm -hmm. And, And I had to get to the point where I think I recognized enough how much he loves me to know that when it was for my good, it wasn't, well, this is for your own good. You right. know, it was, this is for your good. Yeah. yeah. Almost in the sense of it actually and genuinely will be okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be, it's going to be fine. Right. I, um, I'm 44. I turned 45 early December. Mm-hmm. And I think I'm just now entering into that phase where I can look back at things and go, yeah, I remember thinking that was the biggest deal in the world. And it's right. And I, you're you're going to be fine. Yeah. Um, and, and actually believing that, you know, there's a lot more of uh, proof in life that the Bible is true and what it says. Mm-hmm. Um, in that vein, if there was somebody, you know... I come at it, I'm, I'm a man, I'm a pastor, I can't speak to everyone's situation, but let's say there's you know a woman out there like you who may be right now in the situations you've been in in the past, uh, and they're really struggling with believing that God is faithful. What, what do you think you would say to them to encourage them? Get into the Word. Yeah. And that sounds like such a simple answer Mm -hmm. and and anybody myself included would be inclined to roll their eyes but the truth of the matter is um emotions are great they're wonderful and when you feel god's presence when you're in his presence when you feel like he's answering your prayers it's the most wonderful place to be in the world but there are times 
when it feels like he's on the other side of the planet. Mm -hmm. There are times when it feels like he's not listening at all. And at that point, you have to get into your head. And you can't rely on your head unless you've been in the Word. And it's it's not something you have to have memorized. It's just that if you've been in the Word enough, the Holy Spirit's gonna reach in there and pull out what you need to keep you going. Yes. Um, he's just faithful. Mm-hmm. And the other thing is, you have to be in the Word consistently because let's say you're reading through a book, this has happened to me so many times, a chapter a day, and you read through it six days in a row, yep. six chapters, and you, you get something out of it, mm-hmm. and you understand it. But on that seventh day, yeah. you open it up and you read that, and there are a couple verses that reach out and grab you yeah. and say, okay, we're here. This is what you've been dealing with. This is how to do it. It's interesting. Some some years, you need to read through the whole Bible in a year. Mm-hmm. Some, some years, you need to read through four books 20 times, you know, just to just to see that there's layer after layer after layer of meaning and that there's always something more there. All right, so changing uh, tack here. Okay. Two things I wanted to ask you about Mm -hmm. that we share in common. Number one, a love for books. Yes. So for everyone listening to this podcast, Penny has given me wonderful books over the years, uh, for which I'm grateful. (laughs) I would never... I'll ask you in a minute what's your favorite book ever, but but don't I don't like that question because I, <laughs> I don't either. It's what is the, your favorite book that you've read recently? That's a much easier question for me to answer than what's your favorite book of all time. Um, this is insane. I just finished a book by Gerald Durrell, mm-hmm. who is a naturalist. He um, he and his family went to Corfu, PBS did a series on it, and I watched the series and loved it. Yes. And it was based on his books. And I am not a person who is interested in bugs and creatures, and that's exactly, that's all it is, but it's so beautiful. Yeah. Um, and Narnia. Okay. I, I'm always gonna go back to Narnia. I yes. love it. Okay. Love it. Um, yeah, and I think it's interesting, developing a love for reading, helps with teaching and I think it helps with understanding the Bible you know you uh, different perspectives that's where you can get illustrations application you know just stuff you can tie to real life so books are good I'm trying to think of my favorite book that I've read recently actually hmm that's tough I'm actually reading a book right now and that's my problem you ask me what my favorite book is it's the one I'm reading right now I'm reading one uh, called Jesus the Great Philosopher. Oh. And basically what it's trying to do is argue that the Old Testament and the New Testament um, do present a philosophy of life that answers the great metaphysical questions. And that what a philosopher was in Jesus' day uh, wasn't someone who sat in a stuffy office and thought about, you know, obtuse questions. It was a person who gave you life teachings that led to flourishing that you should follow. And what this book is arguing is that the Gospels were written with that in mind. 
presenting Jesus as a great philosopher, and they they um, they found this city that they have excavated, and um, in it was a church, you know, done around 100 A.D., and it's clearly uh, the the paintings on the wall are of Jesus the philosopher. So early in the history of the church, they considered him to be one who could lead you in the direction of a life that's flourishing and. It's just been interesting to read that. Another thing I want to talk to you about, and hopefully this isn't too much of a curveball, but another thing we share is intense introversion. <laughs> We're both introverts. Yeah. Yeah. So everybody knows that about every, me. So yeah, and about you. So, and about, so we're, we're famous for being introverts. Um, how has that affected your spiritual life? How has that affected your uh, roles in the church. What would you say to other introverts out there about how to grow and to do ministry? Um, well, I will say that I try very hard not to disobey God yes. directly. Yep. But if there is an area where I do it, it's not getting out in my neighborhood. Mm-hmm. It's being afraid to walk my dog yep. because I'm afraid I'll see people. Yep. And and the funny thing is, when I see somebody, and, and this kind of applies to ministry as well, yep. um, being an introvert doesn't mean you don't love people. Right. It just means you love them one-on-one yep. or one-on-two. And so when I'm out walking my dog and I see somebody, I end up really enjoying the encounter. Yes. It's just that whole knowing it's coming yep. that kind of throws me. Yeah. Um, it's not really affected, and I'm, I know this is not the case with you either, it's not really a t- affected me from a teaching standpoint. Right. Um, uh, but I dearly love, and this is what I would say to anybody who is a believer, who wants to know a really good thing about being introverted, I, I find that introverts are pretty good listeners. Yeah. And and so you can you can encourage people um, one-on-one just by listening and being there for them. Yep. I've always thought to myself, and I really do think this is true, they say that public speaking is one of the greatest fears mm-hmm. that people face. I. I don't say this in a braggadocious way. I think I could probably preach a sermon in front of a million people. Really? But I have trouble walking up to somebody and starting a conversation. It's just very difficult. And um, you know, you said something to me one time that is it, that is it, it describes it completely. You said, "I can't work a room." No, yeah, that's right. And that's it, yeah. right there. Yeah, it's weird. I mean, and you always feel. In any group of pastors, I'm always envious because I'm in a room full of guys with large personalities who, you know, like I do, genuinely love people, but uh, they can they can work that room. And I can. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you're right; it it, uh, it keeps you to some degree in a closet, looking at a text, and it helps, I think, with the teaching aspect of things. Anything in closing that you would want. Uh, the people of Emmanuel to know about you or something that you would just want them to know? Um, First of all, I love you all very much. Steve and I are amazed. We sit 
And I, I sit and I look at people one by one, and they are truly family members to us. Mm-hmm. This is our family. If you see me and I don't speak to you or I don't seem interested, I'm not ignoring you. I tend to have tunnel vision. Mm -hmm. And so if I have something on my mind or if I feel the need to go and speak to someone, I might walk right by you. And I don't, I don't, that's never my intention. Yeah, ditto. Ever, ever. Ditto. And and if I could encourage you, it's just, get into the family there is so much love and support here and um we've been in going through bible studies over and over again and and here in acts talking about the the new testament church i'm amazed at this church at the generations Mm -hmm. um it's you know you you walk used to in the old days when we had church meals you would walk in and you would see a table with old people and kids and babies and all of them mixed up and i love that yeah i love that this is our family and we we really love being here yeah it is a family well pennyhorn thank you very much for being our podcast guinea pig (laughs) i enjoyed it yeah thank you for talking to us about god's faithfulness thank you for encouraging us to get into the word um And we're just grateful for you. We love you too. Thank you. Let's pray. Lord, thanks for Penny. Thanks for Steve. I just pray that you bless them. And Father, bless our church. Help us to indeed be a family and to love one another well. Help us to be in your word and to learn great things from it. uh, All for your glory and for our joy. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I hope that was an encouragement to you in the same way that it was to me. I love Penny. She's such a fun person to talk to. Uh, I'm looking forward to another episode of this coming up next month. We'll see who we're going to interview then. Uh, And it's just a wonderful opportunity to get to know people in our church. In the meantime, you can get to know people at our church by coming on Sunday mornings. Uh, We're meeting in our gym, practicing social distancing, doing our best to keep people safe. Uh, But you can still meet and greet and talk to folks And it is just a blessing to be a part of what God is doing here at Emmanuel. So until next month, hope to see you in church.